and welcome to episode nine of the FFS show, a podcast about misinformation brought to you by The Ferret. I'm one of your hosts, Mags Taylor. And I'm one of your other hosts, Ali Bryan. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? I'm okay, yeah. We are uh, teetering on the edge of uh, what's known as silly season, but the fact checking continues and we've got uh, two good claims to look at today. We do. What have you been looking into? I've been looking into um, the attendance of Nicola Sturgeon and Boris Johnson at the COBRA meetings, the emergency meetings around the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in early 2020. What have you been casting your eye over? I've been casting my eyes over a claim relating to uh, school school children's exam results. Well, not not actual exams, are they? But, but the way that results are being formulated and calculated this year. Uh, hot topic, as always. So, should we start with uh, your exams then? Yeah, let's go for it. Mags, you've been looking into the SQA controversy over exams or not exams, depending on what your view is. Yeah. A claim about the use of historical data or how they're going to be assessed this year? That's right, yeah. So th- th- there was a lot of controversy last year, wasn't there, after the, the, the school exams had to be cancelled because of COVID. Um, th- there was a, a, a system put in place to, to arrive at people's awards and actually yeah. a, a, in the end because they were using historical data um, from schools that ended up with children from deprived areas being disproportionately marked down. Um, yep, so we did the, that at the ferret. We, yeah, we did. We, we've, we've covered that a fair bit. Um, it was spoken about a lot actually in the run up to the election as well last month. Mm-hmm. Um so basically, there was a huge controversy over that. Uh, that system had to be abandoned in the end. And then there's been a lot of talk this year about what's going to happen, because again, exams have had to be cancelled. Um, it, it was decided that they couldn't be, be run safely this year again. Um, so th- there's a new education secretary since the election. Shirley Ann Somerville has replaced John Swinney. And she made a statement in Parliament earlier this month in which she said she guaranteed that uh, historical data would not be used and an algorithm would not be used to alter people's grades. We know the controversy last year that historical data was used to change the assessments by teachers. Yeah. Could you just briefly explain how it's going to work this year then? Okay, so um, again, it's grades submitted by teachers um, based on what they know that pupils are capable of and based on kind of the work that they've been doing. But as part of that, so there was already a mini controversy earlier this year in that because they want some kind of uniformity to the process, they had to have some form of assessment put in place this year for the teachers to to base those provisional grades on. So there's been a lot of testing going on. So you've heard a lot of chat about pseudo exams and exams that aren't exams, exams being held without exam conditions, like kids not being given study leave, all that kind of thing. So there was already a controversy about that in terms of really putting quite an added burden onto these children um, who, who were essentially being assessed as if they were being examined. But anyway, so th- those assessments have taken place. The grades of those are 
they're all graded within schools. Um, the teachers come up with the grades that they're going to award to the children. The grades that are awarded on the basis of those assessments, they, they will not be handed straight to the SQA, the Scottish Qualifications Authority. Um, they, uh, a spokesman for the Scottish Government confirmed that they, they're going to be looked at um, in line with local authority quality assurance processes. Mm. Now, that is where this claim becomes slightly convoluted, perhaps. Uh, I don't know if that's the correct word. Because As always. Local yeah, yeah. So local authority quality assurance. So that, that is basically to make sure that someone who perhaps hasn't been an A student and then suddenly gets an A in these assessments, it, it's to look at what might be behind that so mm -hmm. th th there's been a lot of chat about although it's kind of an exam situation schools were kind of it wasn't everyone sitting the assessments at the same time so th there was a bit of chat about people could maybe find out what questions were being asked and they could maybe do their 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 study based around that so it, it, it's right. looking at essentially ironing ironing out any anomalies between what would be expected of a pupil and what they actually attained in those assessments mm -hmm. so as part of that, specifically, so th there was a paper published this month by Education Scotland, which is a, a Scottish government executive agency, and it looked at the, the, the various ways that local authorities are, are doing that. And it said that they've developed bespoke data analysis tools. So as part of that, as analysing the provisional grades, they can look at three or five year trends from historical data that those schools um, have had, like basically their past performance. And they're also expected to look at each individual's prior attainment to see if, if any unexpected grades are thrown up, then they can look at that and they can adjust that. Right. So the difference between this, year and last year is they're still using some form of historical sort of data analysis but instead of it being imposed on on top of uh, what the teachers recommended it's been used by the teachers to create a better picture of what's happening exactly yeah yeah um so the the, the historical data is being used within the schools but we don't know. We don't know how much that's going to be used, and specifically in what way that's going to be used, do we? But, but basically, once the schools have come up with their provisional assessments, they will then hand those grades over to the SQA, and it's that that Shirley Ann Somerville was talking about. So Shirley Ann Somerville saying that grades won't be based on historical data is slightly misleading, is it? Well, a little bit. I mean, to be fair to her. What, what's going to happen is that once grades are passed from the schools to the SQA, she has guaranteed, and, and she reiterated to when she was asked by the BBC, mm. she gave a cast iron guarantee that they will not be altered once they've been submitted. What won't be happening is that the grades that the schools and the teachers who, who know the pupils well, they know their work, they know what they're capable of, they mm. know what's expected of them, once they have arrived at the provisional grades. Once those grades have been arrived at and once they've been passed on to the SQA, they will not then be, uh, no, no algorithm will be used to adjust those up or yeah. down at all. Okay, so what's the verdict? We went with half true. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair to Shirley Ann Somerville, yes, it looks like that there will be no algorithm used by the SQA. There won't be any 
any historical data taken into account by them to change any of the grades passed to them. But it's not accurate. It doesn't give a fair picture to say that no no adjustments were made at all because they will be made at the local level if necessary. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a blanket thing. It's going to be if if anything is thrown up by the grades that looks unusual to the teachers that know the pupils, then there can be a bit of adjustment done to that. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit much to say that the grades won't be based on historical data. Exactly. Yeah, it's misleading to say no historical data will be taken into account, but it's fair to say that the SQA will not do that. You're listening to The FFS Show, a podcast about fact-checking and misinformation by The Ferret. Ali, Boris Johnson, he's faced quite Mm. a bit of criticism over the past, well, more than a year now, hasn't he, about emergency meetings to do with COVID, etc. What were you looking at this week? So you're right, yeah, there's been a lot of controversy. uh, There was controversy near the start of the pandemic when Mm. it was revealed that... um, Boris Johnson had missed a number of early meetings of COBRA, which Mm -hmm. is the emergency committee that deals with sort of high level deals with coordination around national emergencies. And that sort of controversy was sort of reignited the last few weeks uh, after there was a claim in a newspaper that he'd missed these meetings in order to work on a biography of Shakespeare that he Mm -hmm. was doing. We don't know that's true, um, whether or not that's true. That's (laughs) been denied by um, number 10, but it certainly made the controversy reignite. That just further kind of controversy when um, a journalist for uh, the new GB News Network yeah. tweeted that um, Nicola Sturgeon had actually, in fact, missed meetings of her own, six meetings uh, of the Cobra. Yeah, because there's been quite a lot of criticism, hasn't there, from from Scotland <laughs> aimed at Boris Johnson for missing these. So what 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 was the claim about Nicola Sturgeon? The claim was that uh, Boris Johnson had missed five meetings in early 2020 of the mm-hmm. Cobra committee. But in fact, Nicola Sturgeon had missed six of the same committee. Right, um, okay. and escaped sort of similar criticism. Right, so what did you find out looking into this claim? Well, it's an interesting one because I think um, in essence what the journalist said is accurate in terms mm-hmm. of um, Boris Johnson was reported in uh, an issue, I think in a Sunday Times article, uh, having not been present at five of the early mm-hmm. COBRA meetings. Um, that was then um, confirmed by uh, Cabinet Minister Michael Gove uh, in a BBC interview. in early. This is in April 2020, this was confirmed. Okay. Nicola Sturgeon was reported in the Sunday Mail as having missed six meetings of COBRA in the early stages. Again, this is around the same time. We're talking uh, January, February, okay, early March. And that was, again, confirmed by Health Secretary Jean Freeman, who said that she didn't attend. Uh, she attended her first meeting on the 2nd of March. Both Michael Gove and Jean Freeman said that this was quite normal behaviour in terms of it's not necessarily the case that um, the Prime Minister or the First Minister will be present at these high level meetings quite often mm-hmm. they'll be particularly we're talking about a health crisis yeah uh, it will be that the health minister uh, chairs them or is it, it attends them so i mean there's been a fair amount of politicking around it hasn't there with either side accusing the other or, or pointing the mm. finger at them for not going to the meetings but it looks like both sides were doing the same thing i mean is it normal does it matter if they weren't at these early meetings well, it does seem like there is uh, a precedent for these meetings to continue without the, uh, certainly in, ter- in terms of COBRA, without the Prime Minister yeah. present. The question of whether or not that's a good thing or whether or not that's right is not something we can really get into. And pre- pre- presumably there were there were government representatives, like the, the health secretary would have been there. 
Yeah, so the early ones were, were, were yeah, exactly, were chaired by Matt Hancock yeah. and various yeah. other people. Um, and but the, I suppose the question of whether it, whether or not it's uh, looks good mm-hmm. and it sort of sees shows that the prime minister is taking charge in a crisis is a sort of separate question. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it's that. It doesn't seem to be that unusual for high-ranking members of government to host these meetings and then feedback what happened to uh, the prime minister. Mm. In terms of the first minister, obviously, COVID meetings are a Westminster-led thing, but they are. First Minister and the Scottish Government were invited to the meetings, mm-hmm. the early meetings. The Scottish Government said in response to uh, the claims around her missing the meetings that in fact that she was since January hosting what's known as the Scottish Government Resilience Room or SGORR meetings. Right. She, 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 they would argue that it's, a, it's, it's an equivalent yeah. Scottish version of it. So that, that, that's them, de- you know, the high level coordination meetings of them dealing with the Scottish response rather yeah. than the UK response. There was an, a, a Scottish Government person in attendance at these meetings. Okay. The SGORR meetings weren't directly at the same time as the COVID meetings. Mm-hmm. A Freedom of Information request revealed that there were three meetings held uh, between January and uh, late February. La- last year. Sorry, this is in 2020, yeah. yeah. The only one of them, the one on the 29th of January, overlapped the COBRA meetings that uh, she was supposed to have missed. It's a bit misleading because there, there's no guarantee that you know the first minister or the prime minister are going to be in attendance at every single meeting um and it doesn't necessarily speak to their engagement with the coronavirus response so what's your verdict we went with uh, mostly true the substance of the claim appears to be accurate that both sturgeon and boris missed a number of these early meetings mm-hmm. the scottish government say that the first minister was chairing the scottish equivalent which is uh, you know is fair enough but i think that the broader point is that you don't need to be present at the meeting to mm-hmm. get the result of the meeting. And also in these high level strategic response meetings, quite often the prime minister isn't in attendance and they're led by the relevant minister for that sure, area, that sure. in this case being health. That's all for this week's FFS show podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, a couple of interesting claims there, I thought, Mags. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine that both education and coronavirus will continue to be on our oh, radar. Yeah. I think exams is going to run and run, to be honest. Yeah, unfortunately for the kids, the exams yeah. are going to run and run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will be back next time with our uh, special 10th episode of the podcast. Can you believe it's been 10 episodes already? I can't. It feels like 100. <laughs> yeah, maybe not for the listener. Um, <laughs> and hopefully by now we've become semi competent we're getting there see you next time bye